Good morning, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Safety Up, brought to you by ClaimShield, your safety specialist. I'm Gavin, and sitting across from me is my co-host, Eric. Our podcasts deal with employee safety in the workplace and OSHA, and each episode is based on a question sent to us from a listener just like you. That's absolutely correct. And as most of you will probably remember, last week we had a question from a listener regarding confined spaces. That is such a complicated topic to cover that we decided to split the information between two episodes. Last week we covered the basic definitions and the differences between a confined space and a permit-required confined space. This week we're going to discuss the hazard control methods specified by OSHA standards for permit-required confined spaces. As a reminder to everyone, OSHA's definition of a confined space is any space that is large enough for an employee to enter and perform work, has a limited means of entry and exit, and is not designed for continuous occupancy of people. That's exactly right. And OSHA's definition of a permit-required confined space is any space that meets all of the requirements Gavin just listed, plus any one of the following contains or has the potential to contain a hazardous atmosphere, contains a substance that has the potential to engulf an entrant, has walls that converge or floors that slope downward where an entrant could become trapped, or contains any other recognized safety or health hazard. John, in your email to us, you stated that your employees enter sewer and storm drain manholes, and we explained last week that those definitely count as permit-required confined spaces. Going through the checklist we discussed last week and reviewed again just now, those manholes are large enough for employees to enter and perform work. They definitely have a limited means of entry and exit, and sewers and storm drains are definitely not designed for continuous occupancy. So we already know for a fact that those are confined spaces. Right. And then, when you add in additional factors, sewers and storm drains can most definitely contain hazardous atmospheres. So that just by itself makes them permit-required confined spaces. However, let's continue to ask about the remaining possibilities. For instance, does a sewer or storm drain contain a substance that has the potential to engulf an entrant? The answer to that is usually yes, because water is such a substance, and I have rarely seen a sewer or storm drain that does not contain water. Now, usually that water is not going to be deep enough to engulf an entrant, but water levels can change without warning, especially during heavy rainfalls. So that is a potential additional hazard. Okay, then. Do they have walls or floors that converge or slope downward where an entrant could become trapped? That depends on the design, but generally speaking, no. Sewers and storm drains are stereotypically round, which gives them sloping walls, but the slope is insufficient to trap an entrant. Makes sense. And finally, do they contain any other recognized safety or health hazard? Absolutely. Unless this is brand new construction, I can almost guarantee it. The floors are going to be slippery, if not completely covered with water, which might hide holes and obstructions that entrants could fall into or trip over. Also, if the water is flowing, you have to take into account that hazard as well. And alligators. Don't forget the alligators. What? You know, like in New York City where they have alligators in the sewers. You have got to be kidding me. No way. I've seen pictures online. Dude, you know that's an urban legend, right? 
No, everything on the internet is definitely true. Giant anacondas, too. You're saying New York City sewers have gators and snakes as hazards to entrance. Yes. Okay. I'm going to humor you and just say that yes, any living creatures inhabiting a sewer or storm drain system could potentially be a hazard to employees that would be making entry, and that would also make it a permit-required confined space. I'm definitely never going in those sewers. Anyway, moving on. So let's talk about the hazard controls a company needs to put in place for permit-required confined spaces. First and foremost is training. Employees must have confined space training before they can make entry into a confined space, let alone a permit-required confined space. That goes for every employee that will be making entry or working with employees making entry. Also, at least one employee on each site where entry is being made into a permit-required confined space must be designated by the employer as a competent person. That means that employee has sufficient training or experience to recognize hazards and has sufficient authority to correct or abate those hazards, including the authority to completely stop work on a job site. So, a competent person is the one who would tell everyone to get out of the sewer if they saw an alligator? Dude, are you messing with me with all this alligator bullshit? Mm, maybe. Stop it! I'm trying to have a serious discussion here. Okay, okay. Jeez. Okay. Now, beyond employee training, you will need the ability to conduct atmospheric testing. This requires an atmospheric monitor to be lowered into the confined space before employees make entrance to verify that the air contains sufficient oxygen and does not contain harmful levels of toxic gases. Such as? Hydrogen sulfide, for one, uh, methane, which is extremely common in sewer systems, and carbon monoxide, too. And this atmospheric monitor will test for all of those? Yes, it will give you percentages and usually sound an alarm if oxygen is too low or a toxic gas too high. Cool. What else? There also needs to be a non-entry rescue plan that will allow employees outside the confined space to pull employees inside the confined space to safety without actually having to make entry to do so. Most fatalities involving confined spaces are other employees jumping into a confined space to rescue their coworker, and then they start breathing the same atmosphere and fall unconscious themselves. Nobody should be entering a confined space to conduct a rescue without proper rescue training and the equipment to carry it out. How would employees do that, Eric? Well, non-entry rescue usually involves a tripod sitting over the manhole cover that is attached to a lifeline, which is also attached to a harness on the employee. That way, if the employee falls unconscious, all they have to do is start reeling in the line until the employee is out of the confined space, and then they can provide any first aid they need to. And everything we've talked about has to be part of a written confined space program that the employee puts together. So to sum up, before any employee can make entry into a permit-required confined space, the employer must have a written confined space program in place, that program must also contain a written confined space rescue program. 
Then, all employees that are going to be involved with confined space work will need to undergo confined space training, regardless of whether they actually make entry or not. And at least one person on the site needs to be designated as a competent person by the employer. This is usually the foreman or supervisor, but it can be anyone or even everyone on site. That all sounds very time consuming. It is. But considering how dangerous confined spaces can really be, it's time well spent. I can believe that. Especially when the alligators are involved. Dude! And that's all we have time for today. Thank you for listening. And be sure to grab next week's podcast, which I understand has a guest who really knows what they're talking about. If you want to send us a question about safety, OSHA, or even alligators in the sewers, our email address is safetyup at claimshieldpro.com. Our Twitter account is at ClaimShield, and our Facebook page is facebook.com slash ClaimShieldPro. Our Instagram is also ClaimShieldPro. As always, we want to hear from our listeners, so please send us your questions and comments. We'll pick the best one and feature it on our next episode. Except for alligator questions. Yes, even alligator questions. Until next time, everyone please stay safe. Dance. Dance. Dance.